Welcome to the Gary Wilkerson Podcast. I'm Joshua West, and we're here, of course, with Gary Wilkerson. Gary, how are you doing? I'm having a good day. I'm enjoying uh, studying the parables with you. you know, I love the insight. If you missed last week's episode, I want to encourage you after listening to this one, go back and check that one out and the ones to come as well. I, I enjoyed it too, and I, I just enjoy the teachings of Jesus so much. They yeah. never get old or tired, and every time I read these parables, they... They hit me somewhere different, you know? <laughs> yeah. I think anybody that wants to live a, what I call a Christocentric, a Christ-centered life, anyone who's enamored with Jesus, not just as a, you know, like maybe a, a somebody who doesn't really know Jesus, just calls him a good teacher, but somebody that really knows him and loves him, uh, this is a great place to dig in and uh, revelation, truth come come alive. Hey, before we get into the actual study, I just let me encourage people. Uh, there's a Fire in Our Bones Pastors Conference coming up, Christian leaders as well. Uh, if you're a Christian worker or a volunteer in the church or in any form of ministry, you're welcome to join us in San Diego. Last two days of February, first day of March. Uh, if you're listening to this podcast, post that date. Uh, it's online at World Challenge as well. You can get that, or you can come to the one in New York. That's going to be in September of 2024. Look forward to seeing a lot of you there. Joshua will be there, myself. Others will be uh, preaching the Word in New York City and uh, other places around the world, too. We do pastors' conferences all around the world. One other quick element, uh, uh, a book. Uh, I've been doing a study. It's also confound uh, World Challenger on YouTube, a uh, series on the Book of Psalms. And the first of uh, what we believe will be 12 books has just come out. Uh, called The Altar of the Heart, and that's available at World Challenge or any of the book uh, sellers that you go through as well. I'd love for you to pick up that book. And uh, now, right into the, not only in introducing all that stuff, but right into the to the parables. So we're looking at the parable of the prodigal son. So uh, you were mentioning something about the context that this is in, uh, of how important it is, not just to look at uh, the, the son who was a prodigal and went away, and the father had the father's heart for him, but uh, take a moment, Joshua, to share uh, what the context there is. Well, before the the parable of the lost son or the prodigal son, um, there's two parables that precede that. And all three of the parables were spurred on by um, the murmuring and sort of uh, the negative things some of the scribes and teachers were saying about Jesus. It <laughs> says... Um, the, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law begin to mutter and say, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. And of course, we know that in the ancient world that sharing a meal with someone, breaking bread with someone, mm -hmm. inviting someone to your table had great significance. Right. And so um, they, these people were looking at these recent converts, these followers of Jesus, and they were disdaining them from the lives they'd come out of. And so it's important to re realize that this parable is spurred on by this statement, as most of the parables of Jesus are. Sometimes it's in in response, not always, but sometimes in response to a question or or some you know, statement that a teacher or a Pharisee or, or even an average person makes. And so, um, we, we don't really have time to go through both of them, but the two parables that precede, uh, that come right before the parable of the prodigal son would be the parable of the lost sheep and the parable of the lost coin. And so the coin is this idea that, you know, if you, if you had a, a silver coin that was very valuable, you know, I like to think about the value of the coin as, you know, probably a week's pay is what we could mm -hmm. we could determine so if you'd lost a week's pay in your house would you just forget about it no it says you would turn on a light you would sweep the room clean until you found it 
because it's valuable. And so then he turns from money to to livestock. And we hear the parable of leaving the 99 for the one very often, but it's a really practical principle he's saying here. He's, we think about this extreme thing that he left, you know, the 99 for me, and that is true. But he left because it was a sheep that belonged to him yeah. and it was livestock was valuable and he was going to go find the sheep. So they understand a silver coin is valuable, uh, a, a sheep is valuable. And so then in this context, he turns to the father's love for the lost son or the prodigal son. And so that's where it's a good place to kind of step in yeah. to this parable because without understanding that um, you, you kind of miss the nuance of what this parable is actually saying. Mm -hmm. It also, I believe, also shows the the heart of the person that has lost something. It, it shows not only the value of the sheep or the value of the coin or the value of the son, but it shows the condition of the heart of the of, of, of the shepherd or of the woman who lost that or the father. So true. It shows that the, that because uh, a lot of uh, a lot of us, you know, to be honest with you, the condition of our heart is not like Christ's here because he he's revealing his own heart. We lose a sheep. We go, I still got 99. So uh, true. If I go out to get that one, I might maybe five more might go away. There's danger. There's risk. And so, so some of us are afraid, so we don't go out. Or some of us don't care. There's no, right. no, no, or, hey, I still got nine coins left. I'm That's not going to spend the rest of my day going for that coin, uh, you know, where the father even Hey, my son chose his way, and I, you know, uh, so you know. I think Jesus is teaching in these parables of, of how to have His heart for the world, for others, for the valuable things of the kingdom. Such a beautiful statement, and you know, it's funny. I, I, I think as you're saying that, I'm just thinking to myself of the story, the part in the story about the father, the way he receives the son back. It's like totally, this is the heart of God, you yeah. know. And so I'm so glad that you brought that up because yeah. it. Obviously, there's a practical point that Jesus is making, almost, in my opinion, almost to shame the people who are, mm -hmm. you know, saying to him, like, yeah. these sinners that were he was breaking bread with weren't, weren't important. But it really isn't just the practical outflow of it. It's really showing who God is. I'm, yeah. I'm so glad you brought that yeah. up. Thank you. We're, uh, so we're in the actual parable, parable of the prodigal son, uh, take us through that a little bit. Where, where do you want to start with this? Uh, do you want It's only a few verses. You want me yeah. to read through it all the way? Absolutely. Um, all Sounds right. good. So uh, it's in Luke 15, and we'll read verses 11 through 32. <clears throat> if you want to stop me at any point, let me know. Uh, otherwise, I'm just going to read it through. And he said, there was a man who had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me my share of the property that's coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey to a far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in the country and began to, and he began to be in need. And so he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him to the fields to feed pigs. And while he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, but no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here in hunger. I will arise and go to my father and say to him, father, I've sinned against you in heaven and before you, and I no longer am worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And then he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, 
His father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to the father, I've sinned against heaven and before you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, quickly bring the best robe and put it on him, a ring for his hand, shoes for his feet, bring the fatted calf and kill it. Let us eat and celebrate, for my son who was dead is now alive again. He was lost and now is found, and they begin to celebrate. And there's obviously a portion after that about the response of of the older son, but it seemed like a a natural place to stop there and talk about the parable. Yeah, yeah. Dig, dig in a little bit. Where, where's your Where's your mind go when you when you read that? What, what's your first thoughts? You know, when you when you think about this Jewish man, this Eastern man who was obviously a man of means. Um, he'd been a successful business person to some degree. He had stature and importance. I mean, we see that he he had money enough to give his son an inheritance, uh, and then we we see that not only apparently he was a good steward of all these things, you know, because even when when his son had wronged him, he, he still appealed to this knowledge that his father was a good man. But I think the starting point really is the fact that what this me- meant in Jewish culture, the son, first of all, is not the eldest son. He's the younger son. Um, and so the elder son would be the first to get his inheritance. Of course, the elder son would get a double portion that because it was expected of the older son to take the family business, to take care of mom maybe when dad passes away and to be the sort of next patriarch of the family. And then the younger son would get his portion of the inheritance. It was completely unheard of for a son to come to his father while he's alive and well and ask for his inheritance. Really, uh, a lot of scholars would say that this was really a way of saying that I wished you were dead right. so I could I could have my what's mine what's coming to me and so you know he starts this off by completely disvaluing his place and his sonship and and who he was to his father and so uh, you know I think the disgrace that he levels towards his dad the disrespect he levels towards his dad you know has to be brought up first and foremost because that's really the frame and backdrop by what makes the end of the story so beautiful and powerful. That's really the, Jesus is telling a parable here about a son, but he's really telling the whole biblical story because this is the whole story <laughs> from Adam and Eve. Uh, they sin, the, God comes into the garden and cool of the day and, and it's, it's, where are you? It's, I hid from you. You know, that, that uh, this, the son is, is, is has, has the same image of, of his father that Adam and Eve did. There's there, there there's a doubt about their goodness and a the question. They want they want their own, and so they depart. And that's what this 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 boy does. He goes and he departs, took a journey in a far country, and squandered his property in, in reckless living. So if 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 this is an if this is a picture of our Father God, it's also a picture of us, you know, wanting to get something from Him, but not wanting to live in communion with him or in nearness to him and so that that speaks to my heart you know that that because if you if you want the right things from the father then the inheritance of the of the goods that he could give you is at best secondary Uh, his presence is what you really long for no no doubt i think uh you know if you break this parable down by 
sort of like three sections I like to think of it. One is the ruin of sin. We mm-hmm. see this, the unvaluing of the presence of the Father, right. of, of being part of the household of, mm-hmm. of God. I mean, just like Israel did, just like Adam and Eve did, yeah. <clears throat> and just like all of us have yeah. before Christ, the ruin that comes with sin. You know, we even see to the degree the shame went. I mean, we're talking about a Jewish boy mm-hmm. who's working in a, a a pig of a pig filled you know there it doesn't get worse than that what what a disgraceful unclean thing to be so i think jesus points that out clearly to to show that there is no depths that god won't won't deliver us from he won't accept us from you got the ruin of sin and then of course the moment of clarity this really is a picture of the gospel to a great extent, you know, the love of the Father and the gospel, because the ruin sin brings on us. But then we have this moment of clarity. We remember or or, or see for the first time who the Father really is. God yeah. so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. I, I remember being in jail coming to this moment of clarity about who God was. I judged him, misused him, you know, just thought everything wrong about God. And from his word, God did something to my spirit where I realized that God could have struck me dead (laughs) any moment. God could have exacted judgment any moment. God preserved my life. He'd let me persist in this squandering of everything he had given me. In this moment of clarity, I I saw the greatness of God. I saw the goodness of God. And I realized, you know, just like the sun, you start appealing back to his character. Like, man, even... I mean, it's so funny too. It's like, even as people who come to God, we start thinking like, man, I don't deserve this, but maybe if, yeah. if I just do a little bit here or there. Yeah. Um, and then of course, the last part we'll talk about in a minute, the love of the father, which is, is really this, this amazing climax. And yeah. we, we see this as, we see the goodness of God in, in this. Um, and so for me, I, if we think about it in those three things, we can apply it to, we can apply it to the world in general. We can apply it to the history of the Bible. But most importantly, we can apply it to our own lives. Yeah, yeah. Because if there's there's a looking at this these, this text in in light of what you said, I think is is really important. We understand that this is not exclusively speaking of you know, like in my family having a, a, a maybe a literal prodigal son, right? Who grew up in a Christian home and then decided to go out and squander his life and get involved in drugs and alcohol and uh, living an ungodly life and running from God. It, but but really, I love what you said. Is it's that's not just we label prodigals of those who come from Christian homes right. and, and and run away. Uh, Jesus is talking here really about all of us. It's not just yeah. You know, so so you know, like I could say, my son Evan was a prodigal, right? But he could say, my dad Gary was a prodigal, a hundred percent. I didn't actually leave the faith like that. Uh, yeah. That, that, but uh, but I think both are valid too. And I think there are a lot of people listening to us today that are prodigals themselves. That uh, lost their first love, and they're or they're uh, they're living in un- unrepentant sin. And uh, man, this is this is a parable that tells you the outcome of that thing. You know, you're, you're squandered everything you have, and the Lord in His love, verse 14 says, after you spent spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country. Understanding the sovereignty of God, that was no random uh, famine. You know, just the same thing as you know Jonah. God sent a whale. God you know, sent a, right. a storm, got sent, you know, the, he, he, he is the creator of all these things. And so the, the famine came just at a perfect time to do that. And so I would say if somebody's listened to us and they're, they've, they've just turned from the Lord and living uh, gratuitously in sin, uh, you know, that 
prepare for a famine. It's, it's, it's coming. But that even in the famine is, is his love. No, the, the famine is grace. Yeah. yeah the famine good. is grace. The correction is grace. The, yeah. the chastening is grace. Yeah. So people, sometimes people get in that place and then, then they just get stuck there wallowing in, in, in the pit in the, you know, in the pig pen. And they just go like, oh, this is what I deserve to be here. But that's all these things are God calling you out of that. He's calling you back to repentance. And, you know, one other quick item, too, is I've heard it said many times, is like how gracious the father was before even the son repented. He was welcoming him, kissing him. But he did listen to the son's repentance. Sometimes people put right. that, they almost, you know, exit that part of the, the parable out uh, as if that's not necessary. Uh, the father listened to his repentance, and the son, I think, needed to say those words to him. So, man, if you're in a, if you're in that pit now, Jesus is he sent that famine to draw you back out. He didn't send it because he hates you and <clears throat> wants you to continue just to be separate from him. He's drawing you back because you're valuable to him, like we said from the like the the sheep and the coin. Uh, come back and receive his love and his grace and his repentance. And then, lastly, I'd say, and then I'll get back to you. Um, you know, if you have prodigal children, which which I've had. I just know the pain of that and the difficulty of that and want to encourage people just to continue to trust God that he is sending things into their life, whether it be a famine or a friend, somebody that could start sharing the gospel with them or a church they walk into. Uh, God is after them. He's, he's chasing them down and he wants to do some good things in their life. Amen. That's And it's so encouraging for so many people who are in that place or have mm -hmm. people they love that are in that place. Before, I don't know how much time we have left, but before we just maybe talk about a couple of elements of sure. it, I just wanted to, to make a couple, three little points that I think are important to mention. One is that our inheritance is eternal and and not temporal like the fleeting treasures of the world. I think that's one of the, the mm -hmm. primary purposes of this is to show us the, the the sort of enduring love that we find in the presence of God and in in, in the house of God and mm. in, in in communion communion with God um, and I think sometimes the prodigal you know maybe one of your sons or someone else that's been in this situation don't understand the value of those things yeah. not that we're urging people to go into the world but once you're out in the harsh world um, you re you remember the goodness of God. You yeah. remember the the goodness of of those sort of things. Number two would be that looking for satisfaction outside the the Father's house will always bring spiritual ruin. Mm -hmm. I mean, the there we we just don't realize that. And, and I think for some people who grew up in church because they weren't really regenerate, you know, they didn't know. They didn't really know God. They went to church. They said the right things. They went to Christian school. They obeyed. They did whatever. But when it came time to make their own decisions, they didn't. They weren't really a follower of God. And so, um, I think sometimes going out into the world helps us understand the goodness of God and yeah. and really see things as we should. Number three is, like you said a second ago, without repentance, there can be no forgiveness. Or restoration uh, and and I think you know one of the most the two most staggering things about the the that last part when the father when the son comes back to the father is the son comes saying I've sinned against heaven and you he's got things in order there it's like I've I may I sinned first and foremost and I sinned against you like this idea that I was in the wrong this idea is is something that for him to come to his senses to even head back to the father's house. And I think the beautiful part is, is when he's saying, listen, either I'll even just be a servant. 
you, you treat your servants so good. I'd rather be a servant living for you, having plenty to eat and being in this environment. You know, almost like when David said, I'd rather be a doorkeeper at the house of God, right? You know, this idea that being with you is, this is more important than anything. And then the father's response to him, first and foremost, he ran to him. It wasn't like, come here and pay penance. I've been waiting for you. You're my son. That doesn't change. And, and, and you know, obviously we know that in Jewish culture, men of distinguished honor don't run. You know, he ran. It shows like this reckless abandon towards the son. But when he comes and hears the son's peace, you know, his repentance, Mm -hmm. he doesn't say, well, son, we'll we'll take it slow. He didn't put him on probation. He's like, okay, thanks for saying that. Now go get the robe, go get the ring, go get the fatted calf. And I think for some people, even true believers who have fallen into a season of sin, what, what you what you need to hear is, yes, have your moment of clarity. Yes, put things in order, examine your heart, confess your sin, repent. But when you move towards God, he's going to move towards you. It's not um, it, the, the, the underlying statement is come home, <laughs> come home. And, and God, I just love that imagery so much that it wasn't let's talk through the squandering. Let's talk through the money you wasted. Let's talk through mm. the way you treated me like you wished I was dead. It was like all that matters is your home now. Yeah. Now find your rightful place in the house. Yeah, and it and it and it closes this particular portion of the parable with and uh, what does it exactly say? You're, uh, uh, and they began to celebrate the older son. The field we didn't read that, but he heard music and dancing. You know, so this is the idea of worship. Uh, what what comes out of being lost and then found, or being a lost coin and then being brought back into the to the wallet, so to speak, or the to the son being brought back to the home? It's 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 a time to celebrate. It's time to worship. And uh, I think some people tend to rehearse their depravity. You know, just like I can't worship because I'm you know I don't deserve to. It's just so you're gonna you you, you almost. You know, the son said to him, I, I, you know, hey, I could just be one of your servants. And, you know, the, the father says, no, let's celebrate instead of just, you know, being 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 a servant to your son. Uh, but some of us don't want to enter into that. We just feel like, oh, we, we've got to beat ourselves up a little longer. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe after three years of <laughs> right. sobriety, then penance. I'll start yeah, our penance, or, and I, then I'll be uh, celebrating. Right. We encourage, encourage people to celebrate now. Celebrate. Come home to Jesus now celebrate the fact that he is welcoming you back with open arms and um we'll you know kelly and i just so you know we pray for prodigals and feel free to reach out to us uh, you can leave uh, uh, in the comment section uh, you can leave a request for prayer and kelly and i will look at that and we'll be, be be praying for you god bless you uh, thanks joshua we'll look forward to the next episode as we continue on in the parables grace and peace to you have a wonderful day If you're enjoying the podcast but want to dig deeper, both Gary and Joshua have books that you can buy right now on our online store. Go to worldchallenge.org and click on the store tab at the top of the page. There you'll find books written by David Wilkerson, Gary Wilkerson, Joshua West, and others as well. Check it out today. If you enjoyed today's episode, we invite you to do two things. First, share this with someone else. Second, click on the subscribe or follow button on whatever app you're using to listen to the show. That way you get notified when we release a new episode. Thanks for joining us. We hope to see you next time.